The following message is presented by Fellowship Bible Church from its weekly pulpit ministry. We offer an expositional study through entire books of the Bible, one verse, paragraph, or chapter at a time. We pray that you'll be blessed by listening in. Thanks for visiting. Welcome this evening. Glad that you're here. Glad if you're joining us online as well. So the Thanksgiving proclamation that I'll read, as I always have, uh, usually from one of our presidents or past presidents. And uh, so here we go. On Thanksgiving Day, we remember with reverence and gratitude the bountiful blessings afforded to us by our Creator. And we recommit to sharing in a spirit of thanksgiving and generosity with our friends, neighbors, and families. Nearly four centuries ago, determined individuals with a hopeful vision of a more prosperous life and an abundance of opportunities, made a pilgrimage to a distant land. These pilgrims embarked on their journey across the Atlantic at great personal risk, facing unforeseen trials and tribulations and unforetold hardships during their passage. After their arrival in the New World, a harsh and deadly winter took the lives of nearly half of their population. Those who survived remained unwavering in their faith and foresight of a future rich with liberty and freedom, enduring every impediment as they established one of our nation's first settlements. Through God's divine providence, a meaningful relationship was forged with the Wampanoag tribe, and through their unwavering resolve and resilience, the pilgrims enjoyed a bountiful harvest the following year. The celebration of this harvest lasted three days and saw pilgrims and the Wampanoag seated together at the table of friendship and unity. That first Thanksgiving provided an enduring symbol of gratitude that is uniquely sewn into the fabric of our American spirit. More than 150 years later, it was this, in this same spirit of unity that President George Washington declared a national day of thanksgiving following the Revolutionary War and the ratification of our Constitution. Less than a century later, that hard-won unity came under duress as the United States was engaged in a civil war that threatened the very existence of the Republic. Following the Battle of Gettysburg in 1863, in an effort to unite the country and acknowledge the gracious gifts of the Most High God, President Abraham Lincoln asked the American people to come together and set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Today, this tradition continues with millions of Americans gathering each year to give their thanks for the same blessings of liberty for which so many brave patriots have laid down their lives to defend during the Revolutionary War and in the years since. Since the first settlers to call our country home landed on American shores, we have always been defined by our resilience and propensity to show gratitude, even in the face of great adversity, always remembering the blessings we have been given in spite of the hardships we endure. This Thanksgiving, we pause and acknowledge those who will have empty seats at their table. We ask God to watch over our service members, especially those whose Selfless commitment to serving our country and defending our sacred liberty has called them to duty overseas during the holiday season. 
We also pray for our law enforcement officials and first responders as they carry out their duties to protect and serve our communities. As a nation, we owe a debt of gratitude to both those who take an oath to safeguard us and our way of life, as well as to their families, and we salute them for their immeasurable sacrifices. As we gather today with those we hold dear, let us give thanks to Almighty God for the many blessings we enjoy. United together as one people, in gratitude for the freedoms and prosperity that thrive across our land, we acknowledge God as the source of all good gifts. We ask him for protection and wisdom and for opportunities this Thanksgiving to share with others some measure of what we have so providentially received. And this was written on November 27, 2019 by President Donald Trump. I commend that to you as a good word of encouragement from a national leader. We're thankful for that. I want to select a few portions from the Psalms to just highlight for you, uh, not just one chapter, one psalm, I should say, but a number of them. Psalm 100, verse number 1. The title is a psalm of thanksgiving. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. And then I want to highlight a number of others. Psalm 105, verse 1. If I move too quickly, you'll forgive me. Psalm 105, 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing to Him. Sing psalms to Him. Talk of all His wondrous works. Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Verse 47 of that same psalm says, Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the Gentiles to give thanks to Your holy name, to triumph in Your praise. Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I don't think it just means let the redeemed of the Lord say that they're redeemed. I think it means let the redeemed of the Lord say what I just said. Be thankful. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Verse number 8 of that same 107th Psalm. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. I remind you, as I did in my prayer earlier this evening, that our prayers of thanksgiving need to be directed to God. 
not just thankful to uh, first responders or thankful to soldiers who keep us safe or thankful to uh, other people, but thankful to God for them, to be sure, and for many other things as well. Psalm 118, verse number 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? For He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Verse 29 of also that same Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Are you seeing a pattern here? I hope it's not a boring pattern to you young people out there. No, it's a very wonderful pattern. Psalm 119.62 Psalm 119.62 Oh, give thanks to the Lord, Okay, all you young people, you can practice this, okay? At midnight, I will rise to give thanks to you. All the moms out there are just horrified. At midnight, I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. So remember that. When you rise at midnight, give thanks to God for what He has done for us. Many others there are in the Psalms. If you were to search for the word thanks or thanksgiving, in your Bible or, say, Bible software, you would see that the Psalms are the book of thanksgiving. They're the book of lamentation as well. They express a lot of different emotions. But here we have the thanksgiving Psalms that God has given to us through the pen of usually David, but the other uh, psalmists as well. And I just highlight those to you to make you aware that the Bible is full of thanksgiving from beginning to end. Where, where thanksgiving actually is absent, then you know there's trouble not far behind. Um, Garden of Eden, Eve was not thankful for what God had given. She wanted something else. Same with Adam. And the nations who will be deceived by Satan in the end time, they're not satisfied with the great kingdom of Christ. They want something else. They're not thankful. But we give thanks to God for He is good and His mercy endures forever. I'm going to invite Jansen if he will come and share the ministry of the Word now. This is a privilege for me to get to sit down on Thanksgiving Eve and listen as I've been giving the message for many a year here. So Jansen, come along when you're ready. Well, it is a privilege and a pleasure to gather with you guys this evening on the eve of Thanksgiving. And it's been a blessing already to sing those songs, to hear those testimonies, all giving thanks to the Lord for his abundant love and and mercy, provision and care. And uh, I don't want to spend much time this evening uh, taking this time too long, but I do want to for a moment look at one of the Psalms, Psalm 136, Psalm 136, and, uh, and reflect upon what's happening here in this psalm and how it's structured and uh, the principles which we can take from this psalm. So turn with me, if you would, to in your Bible to Psalm 136. Here in uh, Psalm 136, there's a few things that I want to point out to you. Uh, this psalm is often called the Great Halal or Great Praise in, uh, in Hebrew there. The Great Psalm of Praise and Psalms 131.13 and through 118 uh, were designated as these halal psalms. And in ancient times, Jews recited these hymns on three pilgrim festivals when they offered their required sacrifices in the Temple of Jerusalem. And these psalms here, Psalm 
113 through 118, were an expression of faith in or gratitude for the divine providence of God. It was a thanksgiving psalm or hymn. And that's uh, also what Psalm 136 here is, is as well. And oftentimes, Psalm 136 would be that, that closing psalm of praise or giving of thanks. And was read oftentimes in the morning Sabbath services and festivals and during the Passover Seder. And Psalm 136 is also unique from any other psalm in that it may have been read or sung in an alterating fashion. And we see this because if you look at this psalm, you see a recurring refrain or, or, or stanza. Look at verse 1. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And then we see this refrain after each stanza, which says, For his steadfast love endures forever. Some of your translations might uh, read, His mercy endures forever. Um, <clears throat> I noticed that in, that was only actually, though, in the New King James Version, the ESV and the NASB and NIV all say, His steadfast love endures forever. But either way, ascribing to God his mercy or his steadfast love, which endures forever. It's everlasting. It's ongoing. And so uh, it's, it's thought that perhaps that what would happen is that a reader of the psalm would get up and he would read the first stanza, and then it would be the people who were gathering amidst the assembly who would repeat this refrain after each standing, always calling back to remembrance the steadfast love of God in those situations that are presented. And as the people re were reminded of God's divine providence and provision and protection and power, as the psalm was read or sung, the refrain would have been a fitting response from the people as they reflected upon God's enduring love. I just want to, for a moment, uh, call to your attention the structure of this psalm and then the content of it. Really just a simple explanation here. In verses 1 through 3, as we could break this psalm up, we see a call to praise. You see the psalmist says in verse 1, 2, and 3, Give thanks to the Lord. Verse 2, Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. So here in the opening, we see a call to, a call to praise. And then in verses 4 through 25, we see causes for praise or reasons for praise. And then in verse 26, we see a final call to praise again, repeating what's been said in verses 1 through 3. And so this is the structure that we see in verses 1 through 3. Again, a call to praise for the people to respond and praise to God for what he's done. And then the reasons for which they ought to praise God and give thanks to him. And then finally, another call to praise at the end. Now, the content of this psalm, as we look at it, again, as I just said, in verses 1 through 3, is this call to praise, or a call to give thanks to God. And these three stanzas that we see in verses 1 through 3 are actually more than just an invitation. They, they are a confession or an acknowledgement that therefore calls the people to have a thoughtful or grateful worship to God. It calls them to acknowledge what God has done by spelling out to the people what they know about God and his great works through experience and what they have been taught through his word to come to a point of grateful and thoughtful worship for all of these things. 
Let me read for you verses 1 through 3, which say, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. Then we see in verses 4 through 25 the contents or the reasons for praise, the causes for praise. And when you boil these verses down, they are simply a a list of reasons for the people to give thanks to the Lord. And it's not as if this is an exhaustive list, but it is comprehensive. It is comprehensive. It surpasses the present reasons to give thanks. And it acknowledges all that God has done since the beginning of creation. Perhaps can I make a similar call to give thanks to God for his enduring love to you this evening based on verses 1 through 3? And then can I also challenge you as well to consider a number of reasons for which you can give thanks, causes to give thanks for what he has done. In fact, I numbered these out, and you might come to a different number, but I, I found in this one psalm alone 14 reasons to give thanks, 14 reasons in just 26 verses to give thanks to the Lord for what he has done. And and let me call these reasons out to you as they are ordered in this psalm. The first three causes or reasons to give thanks are related to God's creation. Look at with me at verse four. The psalmist here then says to him who alone does great wonders for his steadfast love endures forever. What are these wonders? Well, here they are. Beginning in verse 5, the psalmist points out, to him who by understanding, or wisdom, as some versions read, made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. God is the creator of the heavens, and he has done it by, so by his wisdom. And for that, we ought to give thanks. If we had time, we could look at Genesis 1 and see all that God has done, his creation, the order in which he created all things, in which all things came into existence. And I think in that alone, we could spend hours upon hours of giving thanks to him for his greatness and for his his power and wisdom to create the heavens and the earth. The psalmist says in verse 6, to him who spread out the earth, Above the waters, we could give thanks to God, for he has created the earth and the land for which upon we exist. And in verses 7 through 9, he, the psalmist gives another, the re, another reason as well. He says, to him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. What are these great lights? Well, verse 8, the sun to rule over the day, for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule over the night. For his steadfast love endures forever. God is the creator of the, of the universe, of the heavens. He's the creator of the earth. He is the creator of the great lights, the sun, the moon, the stars. Three reasons alone for which we ought to give thanks. Just look at creation itself and it manifests God's infinite wisdom, his power, and his invisible attributes as Romans chapter 1 tells us. But the psalmist continues and turns the attention to the specific works of God that he has done for his people. So in verses 4 through 9, we see that God is the creator 
And in these verses, we see that he is the deliverer for his people in verses 10 through 15. Here we see five more reasons to give thanks. Beginning in verse 10, the psalmist writes, To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. God displayed his power and his authority among the Egyptians through those plagues. For the very reason of declaring to those people that he is Lord. We see this in Exodus 11 through 14, chapters 11 through 14. God is displaying his power and his authority among the Egyptians and surely to the people of Israel, his chosen people. Number five, the fifth reason to give thanks, we see in verses 11 through 12. And he brought Israel out from among them for his steadfast love endures forever with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. For his steadfast love endures forever. We see that God led his people out of bondage with a strong arm, with power and might. Verse 13, to him who divided the Red Sea in two. We see that God divided the Red Sea with his strength and his power. For what reason? Verse 14, and made Israel to pass through the midst of it. God led his people safely across the Red Sea. He protected them. In verse 15, but overthrew Pharaoh and his, his host in the Red Sea. Here alone we see God's power as he divided the Red Sea for which we can give thanks. Surely the people of Israel gave thanks, his chosen people. He led them across safely and also destroyed the Egyptians, the Egyptians, delivering his people from them. The eighth reason to give thanks. And in the final section of reasons to give thanks, the psalmist ends his list by detailing God's provision for his people in the past and to the present. Look with me at verse 16. The psalmist writes to him who led his people through the wilderness for his steadfast love endures forever. God showed his provision and his care for his people by leading them through the wilderness, though yet it was a punishment for their disobedience. God still showed his mercy and his kindness and his care for them. Even while they were in the wilderness. In verses 17 through 20, we see the 10th reason to give thanks because God delivered the nations into the hands of his people. Verse 17, the psalmist writes to him who struck down great kings for his steadfast love endures forever and killed mighty kings for his steadfast love endures forever. Sion, the king of Amorites of the Amorites for his steadfast love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his steadfast love endures forever. We see that God delivered the nations into the hands of his people, a reason in, it, in itself to give thanks. And then in verses 21 through 22, we see the 11th reason to give thanks. God gave to his people the land as an inheritance. Look with me at verse 21, and the psalmist writes, And gave their land, meaning the nation's land, the ones whom God conquered in the promised land, he gave that land to them as a heritage or an inheritance, your translation might read, for his steadfast love endures forever. 
a heritage. Again, referring back to that land, a heritage to Israel, his servant, for his steadfast love endures forever. God has shown his care towards his people by giving to them the land. Giving them the land as an inheritance. And then look with me at verse 23. The psalmist writes, it is he who remembered us in our low estate. I believe here that what the psalmist is actually doing is he's, he's reminding the people that God has kept his covenant promises with his people. That word remembered is also used in Genesis 8.1 when, when Noah and his family were on the ark. And it says that God remembered Noah. And then he delivered him from, from the flood, bringing him to safety. And that remembered is not simply just a, a recollection of, oh yeah, Noah, forgot about him. No, it's, it's talking about, it's speaking about that, that promise that he gave to Noah to give him safety, to protect him, to care for him, and to deliver him from the flood. And so here the psalmist writes, that he remembered us, his chosen people, in our low estate. He remembered his promise to his people, his covenant promise to his people. Let me read for you just for a moment from Deuteronomy. You can turn with me there if you'd like. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Verse 7, let me begin verse 6. It says here, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Listen here in verse 7. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you. For you were the fewest of all peoples. Does that remind you of verse 23 here? Who remembered us in our low estate? Verse 8, back in Deuteronomy 7. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. The psalmist here in Psalm 136 is reflecting upon God's promise, upon his steadfast love for those who keep his commands and follow him. Verse 24 of Psalm 136, we see that God has rescued his people from their enemies. The psalmist writes, And rescued us from our foes, for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh, verse 25, for his steadfast love endures forever. God not only rescued his people from their enemies, but he also sustains all of his creation. We see this in verse 25. 
Psalm 104. Let me read that for you a moment, just for a moment here. Psalm 104, verse 27. Let me begin in verse 24. The psalmist here writes, O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. There go the ships, the Leviathan, which you formed to play in it. These, meaning all creatures, all things which he has created, these all look to you to give them their food In due season, God sustains his creation, and that includes humanity as well. And then finally, in verse 26, the psalm repeats the call to give thanks again, as he did in verses 1 through 3, to acknowledge God's works and to praise him. Now, I I know we recognize that we have multiple factors that distance us from the psalm. Historically speaking, there's a time gap (laughs) that there is from that time to this time. There's a geographic distance. We weren't delivered from Egypt. We're not the people of Israel. We didn't wander in the wilderness like they did. We're not Israelites. However, nonetheless, the purpose of the psalm is timeless. And its purpose was to reflect upon God's enduring love, goodness, and faithfulness throughout all of history in order to give gratitude and give thanks to God for them. And we can and ought to do the same because you and I are a recipient. We are a benefactor of God's enduring love. So we too ought to be able to comprise a similar list that recounts God's care and his provision and protection over us. I challenge you in this time of giving thanks to physically write out a list of thanksgiving and utilize that psalmist, the psalmist refrain, his steadfast love endures forever, to remind yourself of that love. Remember what James says in chapter 1, verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of course, that begins with his gift of salvation, the redemption, the new life that we have in Christ, and then everything else that follows from him is because of his love, his enduring love, and his care and protection. Will you do the same as the psalmist here, recounting those things which God has done from past to present? I hope you do, and I hope you find in this time of thanks to do that. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for those 16 reasons. Uh, Too much time to even recount them right in this moment. But there they are written to the people of Israel, to his chosen people, so that they do not forget God's enduring love towards them throughout all of history. Lord, we pray that we would recall the same in our lives, those things which you've done past, presently, and even in the future, sustaining us to the end, Lord, keeping us as your children, Lord, as you promised to do, and ultimately redeem us as your people. We thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for 
your provision and all that you've done for this evening that we can spend this time to give thanks. May you protect us as we go our ways and uh, may we give all praise and glory that is due your name in this season. In your name, amen.